Milwaukee's MX Fuel Equipment System revolutionizes the light equipment market by delivering the performance and durability demanded by the trades. From the MX Fuel Cutoff Saw to the MX Fuel Tower Light, MX Fuel has you covered without the hazards associated with emissions, noise, vibrations, and the frustrations of petrol maintenance. MX Fuel Equipment System, equipment redefined. Attention sports fans, planning an overseas trip to catch your favorite games? Look no further than sports where I am. They've got it all. League schedules, trustworthy tickets, and over 200 cities to choose from, all conveniently on one website. Plus, as an Australian company, they know the importance of great customer service for those long-haul journeys. So visit sportswhereiam.com and start planning your dream sports trip today. Sports Where I Am, your ticket to an unforgettable sports travel experience. Righto, let's get into the show. Beautiful, mate. Now I can say g'day. How are you? Great. What's happening? Not much. Just trying to climatise this bloody cold again. It's been brutal, but um, kind of entered into like a four or five week training camp, you know, a little st- uh, stint going into uh, the World Cup. So um, hard at it this week. We came back a bit earlier than we were meant to. We were meant to only come back in, uh, what's the date today? The 28th. We were meant to come back, you know, five days from now. Yeah. We ended up having to come back for some various reasons like a week and a half ago. So we've just been, you know, we were up in Brizzy for five, six days and then back down here kind of back into the training. It's been Is that good. everyone or just everyone doing individual training? Yeah, yeah. Some of the boys are around town. I know I'll catch up with Gids tomorrow and um, work out over at Hoop City with him. And then a few of the other fellas are going to start rolling into to Melbourne over the next couple of days. Um, so I know that there's like four or five coming into town by the 10th and then we'll set up some sessions and yeah. we'll probably scrimmage, you know, Melbourne United and stuff just to get some continuity going. Cause we got a lot of new faces on this, on this world cup team. So we really need to like get on court and get going as soon as possible. Um, but at the same time, like we all slot seamlessly together, so it shouldn't be too hard. Are you guys like, just love catching up. Like you obviously play yeah. against each other. There's this, this bond, like you just can't explain because you're all Aussies and you For go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have a great time catching up. And I think that um, on top of that, it's like everyone's got stories from their years that you kind of want to dive into because like, you know, obviously like Americans and us run, you know, operate pretty separate, like, you know, different programs. So it's always good to like catch up and tell some stories and have a laugh about, you know, the various things that might've gone on throughout the years. So um yeah i do i do really look forward to catching up with them um all the boys and you know you know a lot with the with the the various conferences and stuff like i saw gids multiple times this year because we play each other four times but patty and joey hardly saw them at all um you know matisse hardly saw because he got traded right around the time we played them you know and so i missed him in that that trade completely um, you know, catch up with Josh Green a lot through the season because his family's from Phoenix. So we, I see him, him, him a bit, but some of the blokes you just don't see at all. So, um, especially with these fellas, like becoming some of my good mates, it's, it's, you know, it's nice to get to like have an extended period of time where we get to play with each other and, you know, move around the court. It's not the same as texting, is it? Like you just get over texting and that. So yeah. I'll just see you on the court and then you catch up for a coffee, I'd imagine, and just yeah, hang exactly. out. Exactly. That's brilliant. Who's um? I was going to ask you about the the World Cup squad and that later. Well, we're on it. Might as well talk. Who's the who's the funniest guy in the locker room out of all the Aussies? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, 
like when you're sitting together, like you just said, like I'm visualizing this locker room now and you're all getting together, you, ha- you know, scrimmage, getting a locker and then everyone's listening to you in like maybe the recovery room, you're doing hot and cold Mate, and someone's the, telling cracker stories. The funniest blog to me is Chris Goulding. Yeah. By a country mile. I think Bubbles is absolutely hilarious. But um, I've got a good back and forth with Joe as well, which always, you know, has me in stitches. So, yeah, either of those two I, I get I get along with really well and always have me laughing. I mean, I rocked up in some baggy clothes yesterday to the court and, and Bubbles was there. Uh, Chris Goulding was there and he was like um, – he was giving me a hard time and he said something along the lines of, oh, I didn't realize Victor Wembenyama had given you all his clothes. <laughs> and it just had me mid-workout. I had to stop for five minutes and have a laugh. Anyway, he's he's a character and he loves a good time. So. Oh, I miss that stuff. How good's yeah. a bit of, yeah, oh, a bit of lip? That's um, yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Speaking of the big Victor, he, uh, how would you if he's playing you tomorrow, how would you play him? Obviously, he's pretty raw. He's that tall. I'd just be super physical with him. Just trying to move him around. I'd try and move him around as much as possible. Um, but it, like, he's so multifaceted, it would it would only take away a portion of his game. So, you know, I've never, I've obviously never played against him and felt how strong he is. But you know, to be doing what he's doing in Euro League, like he's no slouch. He's no, you know, he's no scarecrow. Like he kind of looks. He must have some, you know, strength and ability to him. Obviously, so. Um, a lot easier said than done from afar just to kind of pick on his, his, you know, his lean figure, but he's, he's obviously got some game to him where he, you know, that just doesn't really affect him. Um, so I'd try and do that. And then I would just at all costs, you know, deny him the ball. Like with bikes like that, you just have to, you have to just bite your ego and say, right, he's just flat out. He's bloody good. No matter how young he is, no matter you know how skinny he is, he's just unbelievably good, and and you're going to get scored on. And so it's just about making life tough. Um, and for me, that would look like physicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could kind of imagine that. Is he going to be the next LeBron James? Like, is he is he's obviously so tall, so talented, very skinny at the moment. But is this the next big thing? I reckon Zion was it's, what it's, was called the next best, you know, best thing, and oh, we haven't seen it. There's obviously a lot of injuries, and well, but- that's it. That, that's I don't think that you can say the next thing anymore because to have the Le- run Le- that LeBron's had without the injuries is it's unimaginable. Mm. Um, it's it's so hard to to get on that level because you need so much luck on your side. Like some of the stuff that happens to your body, you just can't control. And so you need that luck. Um, I know MJ and, and, and Kobe had various injuries, but majority tail end of the career. Um, uh, the, the thing that separates MJ for me from like the likes of LeBron and, and why I don't think anyone will ever catch him is he was able to do what he did and put himself on that kind of scale um, in in such a short amount of time, um, and and that's where it's like it's just so dominant. Is you see you see that it, you know I don't know how many seasons he played off the top of my head, but having the years off and retiring a little bit earlier than you know the likes of Kobe and and, and LeBron did, I just feel as though like to do it in such a short amount of time, it's kind of hard to catch that. So in saying that, I don't want to get into that kind of debate. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, 
It's everyone loves that debate. I know, but it's it's so stupid because the the eras and the the different styles and everything. It's 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 impossible to compare. I know. We should just we should just you know give them both a round of applause exactly. because they're exactly. so we're so lucky to have had. And, exactly. and there's more than just those guys, but exactly. instead so of trying to compare, then it's like you put you, you everyone's trying to compare this you know twenty year old bloke who 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 hasn't really done he, he hasn't done anything in his career yet. It's it's not fair. No. So, um. He's obviously a freak of nature. We can all agree on that. But, um, you know, to put yourself in, in that class, you have to win championships. You have to, you know, obviously hold yourself at a high standard statistically. Um, and we, we just – you just don't know. Because yeah. you never know how well the, the rest of the league around him is going to be crafted. Like if he goes through and has this phenomenal career but doesn't win a championship, then he can't be on that scale. Mm. Like he has to win multiple championships. So – We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. The league's very exciting. Um, before we get into your season, I reckon your year's been crazy. Like when we caught up, mate, everything just turned and changed. There's probably been half the people that were there gone. And yep. as, you, as you were discussing that there's new ownership at the yep. time, I think yep. so. Yep. And that's traditionally when, you know, change happens. But before we get to the Suns, because I've got a million questions and so does all the aces, let me know. Um, I want to know how it all started. Like what was your path to where you are right now? Like, you know, and, and, and not to go too far back because you would have done a thousand podcasts yep. but just a quick snippet for everyone that's listening and watching pretty much started super late uh started you know really taking basketball seriously at 15 um somehow lucked out with a very funny story to get a, a, a situation with um with saint mary's went through saint mary's didn't play at all for the first two years um given the case of the castle my third year that kind of set me up for what I thought was going to be the NBA. Was nowhere near ready and and recognize that now. So I went over to Europe, had a great season in Serbia, which probably set me up for you know where I'm at now. Lithuania um, didn't have as good of a year as I would have liked to, but it was solid. Obviously, COVID struck halfway through that year, so came back to Melbourne. Um, had a blinder year in, in in Australia, won a championship, finals MVP, straight over to the Olympics, and then I had obviously was a part of the bronze medal team, um, and and you know was a big part of that. So um, since then, obviously made my way to the NBA after that, and um, you know got to San Antonio and had no burn. It was a unfortunate situation. I had concussions, injuries, all this kind of stuff that kind of kept me out for. a rather large chunk of the year and then um and then found myself traded to atlanta and then traded over to the suns for cash considerations of like 100 grand which is a pisser <laughs> and then um you know contributed down the stretch in a in a uh, semi-final of the of the west coast uh of the of the western conference so that's kind of where it's at now gearing up for the gearing up for the world cup olympics next year contract hopefully in the next three or four days so it's yeah it's going well i love how you've recapped that because i've got plenty of questions to intercept there i know that you just you know you're huge in the um western conference final it's it's you're playing against Jokic, which as we know he's he's i've got questions about it. actually let me just ask about Jokic. What, what's it like when you're playing him fun fact is you played more minutes in the finals and you know than you did regular season that's a crazy stat. And, and when you're um, sitting on the bench, when we caught up third third string, second string, fourth string, depending on, I think there was a few people that they were trialing. Yeah. But then when the, when the time comes, they put their best team out for finals. For to, sure. to average more minutes um, in finals, to play pretty deep and then come up against, you know, the, the best player in the yeah. league, in my opinion, and probably most. What was that like? And you certainly held your own. What'd you yeah. learn? What'd you learn from that? Um, 
Well, I think that like the first thing to kind of recap on is is the regular season of ours was so bizarre that we had seven guys out at one time, seven of our top ten players out with injuries. So, um, that didn't suit me, and this is probably why the the San Antonio season didn't really happen as it should have is because I've kind of like changed my mindset to more of a role player of late and I'm totally comfortable with that and these guys at that time probably need someone who was going to produce a little bit more so like I was kind of slotting in and out of the lineup because they were like geez we need someone who's going to like really really produce and that's just not what my role had been for the past couple years so I was having a hard time kind of adjusting to that um so then come the playoffs when we've got our full roster and we're kind of rolling and and they realize like crap this guy can like actually help us win and be a high level role player guarding Jokic blah blah, blah. it like that style of basketball when it's just win or go home really plays into my hand because that's how I've been kind of taught to play the game for a very long time is like win at all costs so I think that like the regular, regular season is a little bit more relaxed where it's like, yeah, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't, whatever. Like we knew we were good enough and we were going to go to playoffs. So come playoffs when like it's really, you know, push comes to shove and you need to win, that's where my game really comes out and like speaks volumes for itself. So that kind of like explains why that went like it did. But um, yeah, Yoke, Yoke's, uh, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a special individual. Um, it's It's interesting. It's interesting, like, playing against someone like him because you look at him and you're like, right, like, I've got his number. But just the way that he runs around the court and operates and um, the way that he's able to, like, attack angles and, and you know, he doesn't have this crazy speed or, or vertical or anything, but he is, like, he's quick. And people sleep on how quick and good of a defender he is. So playing against him, it was like eye-opening. I was like, wow, I've really like gained a lot of respect for this guy who's, you know, he's already a two-time MVP who I should have respected and I did. But I was like, oh, I really like understand now because I'd never really played against him before that. Yeah. Um, so playing against him was unreal. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, understanding that like the the conversation about me for a very long time had been that I wasn't a very good defender. And in that series, like I definitely shut those people up. Um, I think that I held him to the like the lowest percentage out of any primary defender in the entire playoffs. And people kept saying like, oh, you know, you're doing this against Jock Landau. You're doing this again. And it was like, now he's got to go up against AD. Well, he did the exact same thing to AD and probably more efficiently. And then he went up against Bam out of bio. And these guys are high-level defensive players. But I think that there was just this stigma that like someone was going to stop him and it was going to be easy. And you can't stop him. Like it's it's genuinely impossible to stop someone of that caliber. So um that that was nice to kind of be a part of and and you know, win out on like being the one who was able to have some success against him. But the success wasn't really coming from um it wasn't really coming from like oh, I'm stopping Jokic on a night to night basis. It was I'm just gonna tire him out as much as possible and beat him up as much as possible and that was really enjoyable for me, like being able to kind of like do those things on a night-to-night basis and, and and hopefully craft a career around that stuff was like awesome. And that's that's the kind of player I want to be going forward. So, yeah. uh, It's well said. Uh, visually, you know, w- when you're watching a mate play, you're watching, you, you watch a bit differently. You're kind of staring and you're like, you know, watching, you know, maybe the ball's out in the perimeter and you're like, what's he doing down low? But 
clearly you're that much more physical than the most of them. And even when you screen, like you go up and you set the screen, there's like an intensity to it. Like that's what I know straight away. And it's, it's great to see. And, yeah. um, I reckon, as you know, like you've probably a few troops that in my opinion, you're a few troops too short. They probably flicked a few of them off. They would have yeah. been nice to sit in the mm-hmm. corner, but yeah, once you got, you know, your physical yoke and, and, and then he passes the ball, he's got weapons everywhere. Oh, so it was just a, it was hard to watch really, but, yeah. um, no doubt there's some plans in place for that moving forward anything else that you learned from the big fella or that series um even offensively like you were great offensively as yeah, well i was i was uh but that was that was that job was kind of easy and, and it's and it's nice playing with book and k because um because i'm someone that doesn't need the ball in my hands a lot i'm, I'm very capable of just like playing between the gaps and 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 being opportunistic and this was something that um me and my mate always spoke about was this idea of aggressively opportunistic. So when the ball comes my way and I'm in a position where I'm confident to score, like make sure I go and score. Because you see a lot of guys in the NBA playing with the likes of Book and KD, where as soon as they grab the ball, they're like, right, let me just get it to these guys. And they panic and it's just ugly to watch. And I saw it happen on my own team. I saw it happen on other teams. And and you watch the Denver Nuggets and it's every single time someone catches the ball, they're – aggressively opportunistic like they're, they're they're having a crack and they're making sure that like the game fills them and I felt like that's where we kind of hurt ourselves a little bit is we 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 went to these guys way too much and it's not their fault it was just like that was the default in the back of everyone's head whereas and, and that created this kind of ease for Denver to guard like it was like oh, well, doubles having heaps heaps so they just knew that these two were gonna like probably score majority of the points and they should but we needed some we needed players to kind of step up and really you know perform and and pull their own weight and look like I'm, I wasn't you know scoring 20 a night but I was I was doing you know nine points in 18 minutes and just putting a little bit of doubt in the back of their mind of like, hey, you know, can we let this guy just run and do his own thing? Probably not because, you know, he's going to score at a high clip, mm. which I did. So, um, yeah, I, I just learned that, like, I can perform at, on the highest level on the biggest stage. And, mate, I wish that we'd gone around further because whoever came out of that round was going to yeah, win the whole thing. That's when I knew that they were the one. When they, because they, they did bet you convincingly that last game yeah. and, and, and it was like, Okay, we got to take like people still were doubting, you know, yeah, the Nuggets no. are like, yeah, but like you said, they are oh, they only played, you know, there wasn't there's was a few injuries or there was this, they had a few less players or whatever, but it was kind of obvious that they were, yeah, and then when they win in the end, it's like you look back now and go, that, that is just an unbelievable team, mate. The the the, the modern day Spurs, that's what they are, and I think that people don't realize that like Mike Malone's done a great job of coaching them up around Yoke and Jamal. But they are the modern day Spurs. They they're so willing to move off the ball, and they can tack you from ten different angles. Like, mm. you know, one of the big, one of the hardest actions to guard was was Aaron Gordon posting up. Yeah, because I know. You can't mismatch. You can't switch with a four man now, which is like a huge part part of the game. Is like everyone's ingrained in their head as a four. Like I can just switch everything. But if we have, you know, no disrespect to any of our guys, but if we have some of our guards switching onto Aaron Gordon, mate, it's it's hard. He's he's physical like it's really hard it's to massive, stop and then you've got a center and a point guard who the ball's primarily in their hands which is so willing just to flick it around and move off it 
and they read the game so well. So if you come double AG in the post, then there's a corner guy who's wide open. Like there was just so many angles that they were willing and able to attack you from that it made it extremely hard to guard any one action. And their actions are simple, but they've run them to absolute perfection for four years now. And it's just like you can like everyone kept saying Denver's not a playoff team. Denver's not a playoff team. Well, like that, yeah. they definitely, you know, disproved that. So, yeah, it, you know, learn a lot from them. Um, I think the NBA probably learned a lot from them as well in that, like, you know, teams have been so easy to just flick players around and, and, and stop this continuity that, you know, the Denver Nuggets build over time. I hope that it gets back to a place of loyalty where, where you know, you're playing – together a lot and you're, you're, you know, teams are allowing you to really like develop as a team because it's obvious that like if you can put in years and years together, it makes you that much more dangerous. Yeah, it's well said because the, the, there's not much loyalty in the game. You look at head coaches, you know, the Bucks, even, you know, your old coach. I think there was another couple I'm trying to think of, but, and then you look at Nuggets, they've had like eight years together. There was a chance to get rid of the coach a few years ago when they so-called failed. But you look at Murray, does his knee, yeah. Porter's out and the hub and all that, I think it was. You bring them all together and the yeah. plan they had originally works and you just got to stick it out. But 100%. in this modern day age of sport in general, yeah. everyone loves player movement, which 100%. as you know, in a team sport, we hate it because you lose your mates, 100%. you lose chemistry, you got to start again. And that's why I can see why the Aussie boys love getting together because oh, you don't sure. lose anyone. You no. just all come back and get to pick up where you left off exactly. and you're all probably a bit older and wiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. um, it's a good point. And yeah, I mean, if the Nuggets stay together, it comes down to salary cap, doesn't it? If someone starts asking yeah. for too much, no, well, they Bruce, leave. Bruce Brown, like I, I see zero way that Bruce Brown, who's arguably one of their you know most important pieces, um, there's just no way that they can keep him. Like he's going to get twenty million a year probably. So, yeah. and that's how it starts, right? He goes, then there's, they're missing a piece, and yeah. then it starts to fold or yeah. or can fold. Yeah. Um, back to the Suns boys. I mean, there's a question here from one of the Aces guys. Like, I'll read his name out later, but I might as well ask it now. What was your first interaction with KD when he arrived? Uh, it was pretty casual. It was he was in the weight room, just you know, rehabbing, and 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 we just you know, dapped each other up, said what's up. Um, we kind of had some friends running the same circle, so we just laughed about some stories of them. It was it was super super casual. He's he's mate. He is such an easygoing bloke. Like it's it's that you know, it's, it's just that easy to have a conversation with him. So, you know, as any other conversation goes, we were just chatting about, you know, some, some, uh, people that we, we'd shared experiences with. And, um, and then, you know, I think we went on a road trip pretty quickly after that. And the next time I kind of saw him was when we were playing together in Charlotte. And that's where we started developing this really, really good, uh, chemistry. And look, I, I absolutely love playing with KD. Um, he put a lot of trust in me kind of in the short role and in the pocket and and that's enjoyable to have a superstar kind of do that with you so um you know looking forward to hopefully playing with him again next year and 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 exploiting that kind of um dynamic so um yeah he's he's a, he's a great bloke like yeah I can't really say that's anything. great. No, yeah. it's and that's all you know. That's all I love hearing is yeah. they're good, good fellas. We know they're good on the court, but they're a good fella. Everyone loves 100%. it even more. Um, get your watch out because I want to talk about book. We had a little convo when we caught up. <laughs> you and book have this watch um, collection. Talk to everyone about. Uh, everyone knows book. Love. Well, yeah, you know, he's a superstar. But yeah. you boys are obsessed with your watches. I want you to yeah. talk about your relationship with book and his relationship and your relationship with watches. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, I've kind of just come into the watch game recently and, and um, 
you know, don't have too much of a collection. I think I got like three or oh, maybe four pieces in my in my collection. But um, um, when I first got to uh, when I first got to to Phoenix, we we you know they put on him and CP put on this golf tournament, and um, I noticed that he had uh, what did he have on his on his wrist? He had a uh, I think he had an Aquanaut on his wrist, or maybe it was a Nautilus actually. And um, anyways, I, I commented on it. I was like, mate, like, it's a beautiful watch. Like, you know, he actually introduced me to the head of AP like right then and there on the spot and just kind of, you know, um, head of AP North America. Like, you know, he can take care of you need help, blah, blah, blah. So like it was pretty cool to, you know, pally up with Book because he's, he's you know, got no qualms and helping the boys out. So um, anyways, the, the conversation goes on and, 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 you know, he starts putting up stories before – the first couple games about um, what watch he's got on his wrist and what shoes he's wearing that night. I think it was like, you know, he's just taking a picture of his watch with his shoes in the background or something along those lines. Anyways, that sparks the, the conversation. We'd had multiple conversations to that point about him, but I said, oh, mate, like, you know, give us a look at your watch collection. I'm trying to see how many you got and, and which ones you've got and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he just like, he just like, fully big dogs me on the spot and he was and, and he said oh look like I'll wear a different one to every game this year like I've got more than there are the number of games in the season or something like that and I was just like geez that's flat like here I am with like a measly one or two at the time and he's you know got over 80 and I was like that is so filled so what would a collection be worth it's got to, yeah, mate. I would hate to think it's got to be between five and ten mil, right? With the with the price these watches are going for, but. He's also, he wouldn't be, I, I don't think he'd be buying, um, I've never really asked him or, you know, tried to get too much in his business, um, but I, I, I wouldn't have thought that he'd be buying secondhand, um, so the, the price tag would at least be reasonable in the grand yeah. scheme of things. It'd probably be worth a lot more on the secondhand market than he's paid for it, so. So that's the thing, they actually, you, you, don't, you don't lose value with these things, do you? No, so no. you can always, it's actually a good little asset. Oh, it's a great asset, especially like the ones that, I've seen him wear, um, like the Tiffany blues and, and all of that. The appreciation is like 10 times in some, some situations. So yeah, I mean, books got this, this timeless, um, this timeless fashion, which is, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. And, um, his watch collection from what I've gathered, I've still yet to see it all, but, um, his watch collection from what I've gathered is, even his, even his car collection would yeah. be cool. Like the way he operates. And and I was going to ask you earlier that the photography element, you guys are both in the game. Mm. Do you guys, you guys are quite creative. Like I can see you guys talking yeah. about this stuff. Um, he's, he's very vintage, isn't he? Yeah. He loves it. He loves it. Uh, he just goes for anything that's kind of a classic, um, which is awesome. And you know, something that I wish I could emulate, but Hey, new contract, three days, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, well, you know, I won't be on that scale. You keep throwing uh, Jokic at the way, mate. Scale, you can get a couple mate. of these cars we'll and watches. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, nah, his 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 car collection's awesome. We we had a little uh, we had a little look at it when we went over for a Halloween party at his joint, and he had I think he had two or three kind of sitting in his his open garage and. Oh mate, it's unreal. Like, yeah, no question, he's got he's got an unbelievable collection of uh, of goodies. So, our friends at Sports, where I am, I've got. Normally, we flip these cards upside down, and there's all these different cities. But right, you can only straight guess to straight to Phoenix, big fella. And 
on behalf of Sports Ram, not that you need any of this, but you, you might need some if you're going to another event. There's a uh, 250 buck voucher from our friends at Sports Where I Am. Beautiful. If you're looking to go to another event outside of yours, <laughs> you won't have to pay for it. Uh, they're, they're doing great things, Sports Where I Am. Have you heard of them before? No, I haven't. They're um, there's some Aussie guys based down here. They, I mean, they're awesome. It's Pretty much Sports Where I Am is where you have all the options for your itinerary. Um, it's in one place. It's Australian customer service team who actually respond to your questions if you're organizing Unreal. your trip. So all your Aussie mates coming to see you, head online there. Tickets are vetted, trustworthy, and around the same price as you'd find anywhere else. Um, and you avoid all the hidden currency conversions um, as well. So yeah, if you want to book, book online at sportswhereiam.com and use our code ACES for 10% off so that you can go and see the big fella in action. Mate, get me that card back. There's about 10 options there of all the sports in um, Arizona. Which one would you go to? Obviously outside of your game. If you could pick one, what's the one you'd take your mates um, with your 250 voucher from Sports Where I Am? Oh, the Phoenix Open's a lot of fun. Oh, that a lot of fun. That, I just missed that when we caught up, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mate, been to how many of them? to that one. I'd, I'd run that back for sure. Or... I copped a ringing for the uh, for not knowing who the Coyotes were, so maybe I need to go on an ice hockey game and, and check out the Coyotes. Um, I'm with you. I don't think I've I don't think I'd heard of the Coyotes, but the the Phoenix Open is oh, it's probably the coolest. Wild. It's the coolest event in golf. Uh, yeah, now that lives coming around as a few things, but it's got to be, be one, one of them. The, I mean, the purists will say that it's you know the Masters, the masters. but um, if you're if you're a casual fan like I am, it's it's an absolute festival. And you boys get looked after. You're walking around on the turf and shaking and, you know, everyone's getting yeah. around the Suns boys. Yeah, I saw yeah. some footage last year. There's some, there's some opportunities for that. I'm much more about just getting amongst the people. So I, I walked around just um, with yeah. my mates and their and their partners and we just kind of cruised up and down the courses and just walked in general admission and stuff and it was wild. Oh, mate. It looked it looked wild. wild. It looked wild. Yeah. It's definitely a, um, it's a bucket list. And the Super Bowls are... Is it the, was the Super Bowl on the next day or the week? I think it was the next yeah, day. Yeah, the next day. What, yeah. yeah, that's right. It was yeah, a, com- it was a all Sunday. Your, yeah, that's right. All you because I remember you saying you've literally looked. I think your family just come to see you yeah. to go to the uh, the golf and the Super Bowl. Wild, wild times. <laughs> oh, there you go. So everyone, if you want to head on, and while we're on Phoenix, because I've been there and you helped me out, tell everyone where you'd stay if you're going to go to Phoenix, Arizona. The I think the Scott was where you recommended yeah, I the Scott's, stay. The Scott's really good. Um, any local cafes, cool oh, bars? Mate, unreal. Uh, there's there's upstairs at Flint, which is a really good bar. Um, cafes, you know, the Henry uh, Vintage Arcadia, two of our favourites. Do you um? Does the I was just thinking then? Does book go out for dinners? And does he get? Have you been out yeah, with him? Yeah, yeah. So he does actually yeah, get yeah, out yeah. and about. And yeah, yeah, he gets out and about. Um, KD is well. Do these boys get harassed? They have bodyguards and all that. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, you have to at that level. I I just you know with the amount of you know, notoriety and they're essentially celebrities now. Um, you'd need it. So, um, yeah, I was, I've seen them out for dinner a few times. Um, Must be an experience. Like just seeing around the people yeah. with the looks. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> It'd be it's pretty unique. There's a few heads that turn. Um, <laughs> a lot more for them than for me. But, <laughs> hey, uh, you're building, you're building. Yeah, building, getting there slowly. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and like, you know, get around kind of the hype of them because it's like, to me, they're just good blokes, like mm. regular blokes, they're mates. So um, I try not to, to you know, pump them up yeah. any more than they already are. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. you keep them level-headed. The Aussies have got to keep – they must love Aussies. I've heard a lot of things, but they love Aussies in a locker room, the way we talk, yeah, yeah, the way yeah. we act. Do they, do they take just the normal, piss out of you a fair bit? Normal. Yeah, 
Absolutely. They tried to put on a little the accent. The accent, like all of that. It's 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 constant. It's constant. Brilliant. Mikhail Bridges is the worst. He gives it to me nonstop. I've seen so. you two go at it. And and actually, let's talk about that. What was the, what was it like for you? Because I remember when we watched, he was I think he top scored that night and um and even Cam Johnson, we, you know, met him after the game with you. And then to see them just go, like you you would it would have been like what it's happens tough. there? Oh, it's just pretty much like um yeah, it's like, see you later. Like, I'll see you on the circuit pretty much. Um, you're lucky enough when 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 a couple of these boys go and you can you you maintain contact, that's when you know the relationship's really real. But oftentimes it's, you know, see you later and you don't hear from these people again. So, um, yeah, and that, that wasn't the case with them. They're, they're stand-up blokes who I actually had, like, good relationships with, you know, played golf with Cam when he came back to stay at his place in Phoenix. Mikhail and I are FaceTiming all the time about the World Cup because he's going to play. So, yeah, it's it's constant. Righto, big fella. So I was meant to intercept you at the Spurs because I have a story here from a great man, the Foz. He's a big Suns man as well. The Foz. Yeah. Am I meant to know the Foz? I don't think you know Lukey Forrest. He's, uh, but you should because he's a massive Phoenix Suns man. Right. And he goes, I need to um, – and he actually refers to you as the strap. Oh, well, Do you smart. get that all the time? All the time. I'd never heard of that. The jock strap. That is yeah. hilarious. So all the Spurs boys referred to me as Strap. That was my nickname at the Spurs. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I didn't really get it too much at the Suns. Uh, yeah, no. Nah, that, that was that was a Spurs thing. Oh, well, I love the Strap. He goes, ask him about Popovich uh, when he asked him to do a five-minute presentation about Joe Biden. <laughs> so there must be. Goes, yeah, I did do that. I did do that. Can you talk to us about this one? Because I thought, because I look at Popovich and think he's very old school, and I don't know if I'd be vibing with him. Um, but you know, he's got the runs on the board. I like the younger, youthful kind yeah. of coaches. Yeah. Um, and but yeah. talk to me about this experience you've had because you're young and raw. And yeah. It, so I, look, I walked into the Suns, uh, the the Spurs facility on the first day, and um, you know, Pop coming up, giving me a hard time. There's a St. Mary's connection, an Aussie connection there. He loves Aussies. So, you know, we, we were talking a bit and, um, you know, he kind of comes up to me at the – so that was when I was in the in the, in the the treatment room and then we go out on court and we practice as a team at the end of the end of the session. He comes up to me and he was like, right, Jock, you're going to do just out of nowhere in front of the whole group. He said, Jock, you're going to do a presentation on this $3 trillion bill that uh, Joe Biden's put in place for inst- for infrastructure in America, and I was just like, "Holy, f-. like that was a mouthful! Like, what, what's going on here?" So, anyways, he said, "Yep, you'll present at the end of the week." So I go home, pull out like you know I'm a journaling man, so I'm banging out all this information and presentation and blah blah blah, and I'm memorizing it, and you know, day goes by, nothing. Two days go by, nothing. Three days go by, nothing. So the end of the week comes, and he hasn't said a word to me. I was like, "This is." Bizarre, but I'd I'd been told by Patty that that Pop will call on you to do random stuff like this just to like test you, test you, you know, break down the relationship a little bit, um, you know, break the ice, all that kind of stuff. So Monday comes and I'm and he doesn't say anything again. So Tuesday I'm like, mate, Pop, like I've put in all this research on this on this thing, and you just like hung me out to dry. Like, what's going on? Why why aren't you having me do this? Oh, I just didn't even think you'd do it to be honest. Right, I make the presentation. So on the spot, he was like, "Bang, make the presentation." I was like, "Well, now I've totally forgotten everything." <laughs> so I'm there, and I'm I'm trying to like pull up all this information, and you know, he's kind of like diving in over the top of me, and like blah blah. blah and I was just like, oh, "This was a mess." So 
Anyways, he stitched me up big time. He did that stitch is, me up. That with, the, with all your boys losing it. Yeah, yeah, they were they they actually were because I was like putting you know my Aussie twang on everything and and blah, 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 and they were loving it. But um, you know, it was it was essentially like when you get to the Spurs, you understand that there's a lot more to life than basketball, and he makes sure that we're constantly educated on like the political issues going on around us. It was just like he was constantly educating us and, and letting us know um, that there's more to it than than just hoops and, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Especially when you guys are in the media so much and you ask so much from the exactly um, all the reporters about your opinions on all these matters to have a little bit of an education session throughout because everyone listens to you guys. It's it's pretty cool. and Yeah. It's amazing his career, isn't it? He's been there a long yeah, time. Like he's, he's he's done so well. Um, it's unreal. It's and I think I reckon you know the big fella that's coming through no, the Frenchman would have just it would have just it would have just popped yeah, him up a no, bit, wouldn't it? There's no way he's leaving now. Very good there. Well, um, now <laughs> this is my mate Lukey. This is how good he is. He goes, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> obviously massive fan. He goes, and by the way, once you've asked the strap that question, a little shout out to Foz, the number one Suns fan, surely. So if you got anything for Foz, shout out Foz, mate, <laughs> number one, num- number one Suns fan. We got, we need to see you over there. If I haven't seen you over there in Phoenix, I don't know if I can call you that number one. <laughs> That's great because I don't reckon he's been there yet. <laughs> when you've been there, so um, very good. I want to um, I've got some some family friends actually coming through the ranks, and this is where I want to get some advice from you for these guys. I'll start with Brody McWinnie. He's six foot three. He's a point guard. Um, he's just about to go to uh, Cameron University in OKC. So I want you to he's um, NCAA two. So I want you to give some advice, not just to Brody, but anyone out there that's six foot three. Mm-hmm. You know, you've built your you've built yourself up. A lot of hard work, physicality to win, which is fantastic. Everyone should be playing to win in anything, whether they're playing yeah. cards or whatever. Yeah. But for Brody, six foot three, he's nineteen years old. Um, he's about to take out. He's about to go from you know living in uh, Australia and, and and go to OKC. What's your advice to someone like Brody and anyone else out there that's a point guard? Yeah. Um. Well, it's tough for me to really relate to the point guards, but uh, I would say that I would say that playing the right way is lost on a lot of point guards these days because there's they're so ball dominant and scoring dominant that the the old Tony Parker types, the old um, Chris Paul types have just kind of become a bit of a dying breed. And I think that there is a huge gap in the market there for blokes like him if, if they can play the right way, help their team win through facilitating, obviously dribbling a little bit of scoring, but... Um, there is a massive gap in the NBA now in terms of point guards that create for other people. And and I think that, you know, that's highly valued if you can do it at a high level. So my advice would be to perfect the art of the pick and roll um, and and don't feel the pressures of scoring 20 a night to have success. Like it's just, it's only, only 20 or 30 people in the NBA ever score that much a night. So it's about finding the gaps in the game where you can really influence winning, which is what gets you paid in the long term. And that's my advice to anyone. And just any basketball player is unless you're Kevin Durant or Victor Wembanyama, find the gaps where you can influence the game without being a dominant player. That's great advice. And yeah. Brody will love that. And so will a lot of uh, basketballers out there. You talk about nailing the pick and roll. Like what, what does it look like when you're at training? Is it partnering up with the center and just running these in, in scrimmages? Yeah. Or yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we do. We, 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 um, 
we we drill options out of pick and roll, whether it's a throwback, whether it's a pocket pass, whether it's a lob, you know, a late a late drop off. Like there's so many actions that you can have out of pick and rolls, a little floater, you know, pulling up behind the screen and shooting a three. Like there's so much that goes on just through that one play, but that one play dominates 95% of the NBA these days. So um you'll it's it'll be bloody hard to perfect and and I and I don't think anyone really ever perfects it as such. But um yeah, it's it's something that's kind of lost. The art of playing as a facilitator out of the pick and roll has been lost a little. If I go back to Brody, if he was to watch tape of an M- NBA player at the moment, Chris who would he be? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Yeah. Best ever. Love it. Best ever. I got one more. So Lenny Fisherton, little shout out. He's 17 years old. He's 6'6". He's old man Roy, 6'7". So he's going to be a monster. He's only 17. Currently playing at Eltham Wildcats. So shout out, Lenny. Keep working hard, son. Um, advice for the young fella. He's looking like being a bit taller. He's a bit skinny at the moment. He's still got to put on some weight. But if you think about, you know, if you were 17 years old again, looking back on your career or just advice for these mm-hmm. guys that find themselves in that position, what's your advice? What should he be working on? And what does hard work look like for that kind of kind of body shape? Yeah. Um, I think not, not like jumping in the weight room too early is key. Um, I think that that stuff will really just evolve as your body does. Um, but making sure that there's an emphasis on if you're a lean fella, staying healthy. So whether that's mobility and, and you know, small kind of smaller muscle group health and strengthening, like make sure you do that. The bulk will come when it comes. Like at some point your body will develop. But um, at a young age, it's it's all about on court. Like that's what I was like. I was, I was just honing skills because you get to my age and it starts becoming more about the body. So there's like a, there's an inversion that happens at some point where you just, you know, you need to take care of the body more so than the on court. So whilst you're young, make sure you're just like hammering everything home skills wise on the, on the court. And then, um, being patient with the body cause it'll happen eventually. And, and, um, you know, just make sure that you stay healthy. Any young kid, I just say, make sure you're healthy and you're, you're on court as much as possible, which is a fine line to tread. Yeah, it is. Being available is a big thing that we used to talk about. Yeah, exactly. When you say skills though, like break these down, like you're talking to me, really dumb it down for me. Like yeah. what skills? Because clearly there's a lot of skills, but if you're six foot seven, like Lenny's going to, I think he's six, six, but what should Lenny be doing with skills? Because you're at training, you're mm. in games. What kind of skills are we talking about? Well, mate, I, look, I built I built a college career off a, off, uh, off a right hand jump hook and that was it. Um you know, being able to play out of the post in college is such a such an advantage. So, you know, having having a jump hook to the middle to the baseline, um, having counters to those is is super important. And you know, it's so it's such a progression. Like I'm not even kidding. I go into a game and the first shot I hook is first shot I shoot is a right hand jump hook. The second shot, I know that they're going to be expecting that hook, so I'd work with an up and under to my back to my left hand. Then I'm I'm working well. I I think that they'll probably take away that jump hook, but they'll be ready for me to go back to that that uh, that step through the the shot fake step through. So then, what's my counter to that? Well, it's probably spin back to the middle for a right hand jump hook. So it's just understanding that like you can set up all these moves progressively, yeah. and that's what I used to do in in college. It was like there was a progression, and I went to it every single time to start the game. And that turned me into a 22-point-a-game scorer in college. So um, then you can, you know, really start 
as look as a big, you need to have touch on the inside. And I think this day and age, all these big guys get so obsessed with being unicorns and stretching the floor. But mate, like if you can just be efficient around the rim, that thing is like it's a slept on skill set that every single team needs. They need a guy who's willing to roll hard. Finish around the rim, it's you know sixty seventy percent clip, and then you kind of progress your game through the years outwards. And instead of getting obsessed with everything in the mid range and the three, do what you're meant to do. Big guys are meant to live around the live around the basket. All that other stuff is just add ons, and and that's kind of how I have always operated. I mean, you look at the best of all time in terms of the centers, the Oscar Robinsons, the Tim Duncan's, the Shaquille O'Neal's. It's all around the basket. It is all around the basket. So that's where everyone needs to kind of live. It's so it's such great advice. I mean, everyone these days just wants to hit the three and, you know, maybe the fadeaway and all this kind of stuff. But if you just keep lapping up the yep. twos and, as you said, all these hooks, I was just thinking then you made me laugh because I was just thinking about it. You know, game day, you, you know, Jock, you're in the game. Monty Williams is sl- throwing you in. You know, you might not be warm because you're sitting down, but that first shot must feel good if it goes in. 100%. And, and it's about making that first shot as easy as possible. So that's why I always start in and then I move my way out as the confidence and the body kind of get going. Then I'll start shooting some threes. But if I – like when I was at San Antonio, I was pretty much told just shoot threes, like pop everything, shoot all, all the threes out and that you can and that's kind of going to be your little box that we're going to put you in. Mate, it was so damn hard to come into a game fresh off the bench after 12 minutes and start shooting threes. So I, I now just live around the basket and then if I was an opportunistic three, I'll take it. But like I think that's what people didn't understand is around the basket, I'm super efficient mm. and that's that the like the Phoenix Suns gave me the ability to 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 kind of get back to that, and they didn't realize that I had that. They thought I was just a pick and pop shooter, um, and then kind of you know works my way out from there. But um, it's well said because yeah. it's actually exciting because you just keep nailing the inside, and then yeah. they'll start leaving you alone on the outside. 100%. And when you start drilling them, that's when you're going to be you know that's when you're really going to take your game to the next level and confidence will be through the roof if you're hitting them as well. Um, ah, it's great advice, mate. I think, you know, especially Brody and Lenny, family friends of, of ours, and um, and there's plenty of young kids out there uh, that, you know, love hearing from someone like yourself. You're doing a lot of work in this space. Do you want to talk about, uh, yeah. I think this podcast might come out after the fact, but you aren't just down here to train. You've got a few uh, camps yeah, and it's pretty I cool. I've got a camp in Deneliquin, which is, you know, close close place to my heart. It's kind of where the family operates out of and we've had a farm there for 180 years or something like oh, that. Wow. So, um, Deneliquin's always been really, really special to, uh, in terms of places in Australia for me and um, decided to put on a camp at the local facility there, which is, you know, it's only two courts. So, a lot of kids unfortunately did miss out, yeah. but we sold it out in like 12 hours or something like That's that. Epic, it was awesome. So, we're going to we're gonna do a, uh, a camp there. Eventually, you know, this year will be kind of it was it was put together with just the intention of like hey I really want to do a camp finally and just like get our feet on the ground and make sure that we can kind of like you know get this thing get this ball rolling. So we're going to do it annually. Eventually, the plan is that I want to do um, I want to take the proceeds from these camps and send a select group of five or ten kids from the camp up to the institute for a week and just give them that experience from you know maybe not seeing that kind of stuff living in rural areas and understanding that like just on the other side of a little bit of, you know, um, commitment and success, there's this 
Institute of Australia and I want to make sure that they understand that that's, that opportunity is there for them if they go about their business right. So um, early stages, that's kind of the end goal of it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, excited just to kind of start it and get, yeah. it, get it going this year. Mate, well done. I think that's the, that's when you know you're a good fella. You're giving back to the community and also there's a lot of hope there for the you know what an academy looks like yep. and give them a taste of – it's like anything. When you're a young kid and you meet your idol, whether it's at you know training, whatever sport it is, you start to open up your eyes and mm. you go, "Oh, maybe one day I can get there." And and if you can see what it looks like, it inspires them and keeps them on the right track exactly. as a young kid. And exactly. and you're doing it for young kids, aren't you? There's an age gap. There's an age gap. Sorry, yeah, that, um, yeah. It's it's nine to twelve and then twelve to fifteen. I think um, we've you know we had a sixteen year old sign up or something like that. So we're not really like closing off any other age groups, but. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the sweet spot of where we see a lot of kids kind of depart from the basketball, you know, space and move over to footy or cricket mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. So just making sure that, you know, basketball being, being one of the fastest growing sports in Australia, making sure that we can help that kind of in the rural, rural areas um, because they probably don't have as much experience and, and um, you know, opportunities that the footy players in those areas doing stuff. So making sure that we're, we're just giving them pathways to get out of, you know, just the domestic level, very superficial into something a little bit, you yeah. know, a little bit bigger and, and, and something to look forward to. Mate, that'll be, um, I remember when I was like a preppy, you know, and you, and you see these, they're not even that tall. They're probably mm. six foot and you go, wow, they're going <laughs> to, how tall are you? Six eleven. Mate, they're going to be like, this bloke's a monster. Like, these younger kids are going to be like, this yeah. is the best day ever. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, hopefully when, we, when the footage is out, we'll, um, and any other help, this is what it's all about. We love promoting. I don't think you'll need help though. 12 hours of uh, promotion. You yeah, might need to do another, you might need to do another one, I reckon. Well, we thought about it. We, 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 we ran out of, uh, we ran out of tickets so fast and we had so many people messaging saying, you know, if anything comes available, let us know and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, we thought about giving, you know, a, a secondary camp, uh, a crack but there was just not enough weekends yeah so. and, and you've got to look after yourself obviously yeah, exactly. as well with, with exactly. what's coming up exactly let's go to some questions from the aces these are all random questions i think they um a lot of them we would have touched on but uh, they do provide great value so thanks to everyone that writes in um righto from reese cronin do you watch much afl in the states and do the american teammates get around it um, I look, I, I show them, you know, the, the old classic, you know, big, biggest hits and stuff like that, but it's just the time difference kills it. Like, yeah. there's just no way that I'm, I'm getting up or staying up that late to watch these games. So majority of my season revolves around just sleeping a truckload. So <laughs> yeah. like, I'm pretty, if I'm, if I'm not on court, I'm typically laying on the couch asleep or, or just hanging out with the dial. So, um, yeah, no, I, I don't watch Collingwood as much as I'd like to. You're a Pies man? Pies man. Jeez, you must be loving that. Do you, go, do you, you mean watching what they're doing lately? Have, they're just a, they are. The, I mean, Clinical. Braden's a big, he's a big Pies man. There we go. I, I grew up back in Essendon, but I just admire the Pies. They, yeah. they, they're coach, they're players, they're young. You know, they've got so much talent, but yeah. the way they play is the most exciting. So yeah. well done. You see the NBA players like Jamal Murray come out not long ago. Now he's had success off the back of it. Do you get around the boys and say, even just Australia in general, we've got the best country in the world. Right. Do they talk about coming down or they go the yeah, old too far? It's too no, far. No, no. Oh, some, some of them go the, the, the too far avenue, but there's a lot of them. Um, a lot of them are like, well, I'll come down if you're going to show me around. Well, so imagine, um, imagine how much the boys, like the, Australia would get around them hard. Oh, for sure. They'd love it. They'd love it. It's just the winter. Like I've said to a lot of them, like, you know, you need to come out post career when it, when the, when the weather's really going, so you get a good taste for it. Dirk did that for the Aussie open and lapped yep. it up. Yeah, exactly. So we've got to make sure that we get them out here in the summertime because it's, uh, 
bloody cold right now. Yeah, well, Arizona. When we were in Arizona, oh, compared mate. to this, so the, oh, we had to mate. we had to move the van around the corner because the rain was just dropping <laughs> off the trees. It was pissing down. Um, righto. What else we got here? We have got plenty of little Lukey. Uh, what do we get, Lukey Scaff? Apart from talent, what were the big differences in practice with the United? Um, you know, at the Suns and that compared to like you know at Melbourne United. Um, Essentially, NBA versus NBL. I absolutely butchered that. Yeah, I mean the huge differences of the athleticism. That's first and foremost. Um, skill levels, obviously. You know, in terms of just natural ability, there's there's a big difference there. But um, physicality is not that far apart. Like the Australian game is extremely physical. It's just the pace of the American one is is you know three or four times quicker. So. Obviously, then you, you take into account kind of the rule changes and how big the court is in, in America. Like, there's a lot more ground to cover. That's a lot harder to defend in um, in the NBA. But, uh, yeah, I'd kind of put it down to those those kinds of things. Nice. Noah Seeley has said, who's the funniest teammate you've ever had off the court? Who's the funniest teammate you've had off the court? Yes, so in Oof. the locker room. Um yeah, Chris Goulding's definitely up there with Melbourne United or um, Mikhail Bridges. Campaign's funny. I uh, had, had a teammate this year, Saban Lee, who's hilarious. So, yeah, a few of the Suns boys, Suns boys were, were bloody He's up funny. in a bed, actually, Lee. I see him on yeah, the, on the bench and they're like, come he's in, good. he shoots a couple of threes and goes, oh, he's actually good. celebrating like yeah, he's, he's hit the good. game winner every good. time. He's good. He's good. Um. What's the biggest name you've had a night out with and the biggest moment? So this is from Lee Smith. This can be outside of the basketballers. This could be anyone, but, yeah. you know, a moment you've pinched yourself as a uh, big lad, the jockstrap from Australia. Uh, uh, yeah, it was definitely – it was definitely um, would have been in Miami with with the likes of Book and CP. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. was there. Um, that was probably one of the better ones. We out and just having a few beers. Uh, we had we rented a couple boats on the bay in Miami. It was unreal. Oh, yeah, mate. it was unreal. So yeah, we had a couple beers. Uh, we we were in Miami for like three days extra or something like that. So we had a couple out on the boat and you know swimming between boats. Biz Biz pulled up in his own boat and Josh Koji in another one and Da in another one. It was a good time. It was that's really good great. Time. <laughs> that's what we love hearing. Like, that's what we love hearing. Um, we've already spoken about your first reaction. Thanks from Jakey Egan. I asked that before. First reaction meeting KD. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of a change of the game style from Lockie Rooney? We just touched on that. We've spoken about how do you stop Wembenyama from Maxi Watkins. I'll ask a couple more here. Um, yeah, there's a good one actually from uh, Josh Manstrano or whatever his last name is. Um, the transition from NBL to NBA. We spoke about the culture and mm-hmm. all that, but once you went to the, you know, the Spurs and now you're at the Suns. But how is it like just the community, the way it's operated? You know, I'm sure you got to mm. set up bank accounts and all this stuff. Like, is it a fair transition? Yeah, it is. It's a huge transition, and you know, you 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 pack two suitcases. You think you got everything sorted, and you get out there, and you realize that there's pots and pans you need to buy. There's you know, bed linen, there's, you know, you need to find an apartment, you need to find good food spots. Like there's so much that kind of hits you in the space of two or three weeks and it's just- cars. Yeah, you got to find a car, you got to, like, it's just, there's a lot. So that, 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 you know, we never really felt like we settled into San Antonio because we were moving around so much and, you know, trying to figure out what area, because you think you know where you want to live and then all of a sudden a couple of months later you find a better area. So you're kind of always moving around. 
that's hard. That's really hard. That first kind of couple months in the new city, you're just exploring a lot and, and, you know, you never really settle into your new place until you get, you realize what the city is and wh- where the good spots are and where everyone else is living and stuff. But it's saying that the teams and the clubs help a lot. They, they'll kind of lay out where everyone lives and you kind of slot yourself in around them and, they give you massive sheets of, you know, these are the good restaurants and coffee shops and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, look, there's a little bit of help there, but at the same time, like, Americans and Aussies, like, tastes are very, very different. So we kind of had to go out and find our own a lot of the time. Um, but, yeah, that transition's tough. There's just a lot going on in a very quick amount of time. And whilst it's all happening, you're kind of trying to juggle, you know, fitting into the team and meeting all the boys and, yeah, it's tough. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that I don't have to do that again for yeah, a while. Yeah, well, that's why a long-term contract would be so good. Yeah, uh, you be- can only imagine. I mean, I think I saw, I can't remember his name. He played for Denver and they, I mean, as they do, when you win, they put up all these cool stories and there's blokes that have been on one-year deals for 15 years mm. and gone on undrafted and then he finally wins a ring, doesn't play any court time, but you think, far out, that bloke deserves so much. He's, yeah. you know, he's had to sacrifice. Yeah, You're talking 100%. about in season, you pick up, like talk, talk to everyone about a, a when we caught up, you weren't expecting game time. The moment we caught up and you go, man, I wasn't expecting to play. Yeah. Just give everyone an insight to that day. I know you remember you said you're up at 8 a.m. training. And yeah. then just give everyone a bit of an insight because I found this unbelievable yeah, so, considering the intensity you were at, at yeah. what, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. So, um, so we had some blokes coming back from injury or something like that. And, and typically they have an idea of who they're going to play on a night-to-night basis depending on the matchup. So I was told that I wasn't going to – hit the court that night because of the matchup was better suited to Biz and DA rather than me and DA. Um, so we kind of, you know, we get we go into the facility, they say, yep, this is how we're going to run. Like you should just get some burn in this morning so that you can kind of keep on top of your fitness and whatnot. So, you know, I'm playing in the morning at nine o'clock. We're getting up and down for an hour playing, you know, more than I'd play in a, you know, in a game if I was booked. Like we were really going hard for a lot longer. Um, lift some weights, do our walkthrough and then go back to the house and, you know, for two or three hours and, and get some, you know, get a kip in. Um, a lesson I learned early was like, make sure you keep the routine the same because of exactly what happened in this situation. But, um, so I go home and I, I, you know, I take a nap, um, go into the facility a couple of hours early, start my warm up sitting on the bench, not expecting to play. And then it's like one or two fouls might happen or they're not liking what they're seeing out of someone. And it's like, bang, you're back in. So I never, like people would tell me you're not playing, but I'll never be like, all right, you can relax because it's just like split second, bang, you're in and you never know who's watching or what that'll do for your career. So it's just about staying ready constantly. It's crazy. I remember you saying you weren't expecting, you're on and I think you're on at the start of the second or whatever, ended yep. up playing 12 or 15 minutes yep. and, we just play the Raptors, I think. It was a good win as yeah. well. Come down to the last, yeah. you know, the last five minutes. But that insight, like doing a, a full session in the morning, then weights, the walkthroughs, nap, warming up. For how many, how many like what time do you get to the game? Oh, if we play at 7.30, I'm there at 3.45. Oh, that is a, like, you know, a lot of people out there play sport and they get there mm. an hour, maybe two hours no, for footy. we're there four hours. And before. what are you doing in the prep? Like you guys hustle, like you're doing a little bit of another workout. Yeah, just- yeah, yeah. So I typically jump on the table for like 20, 30 minutes and get the body kind of worked on and warmed up. Um, and then I'll jump in the weight room and do like some activation and I'll go and hit the court and I'll be on court for uh, 20, 30 minutes, um, getting like a pretty intense workout. And then I come back into the locker room and I'll sit there and I'll eat a little bit of food, have a drink of water, 
And then I go into the weight room and I lift again. So that'll be like my second what, lift what of lift the day. Are you doing upper body? No, nah, we're doing lowers, we're doing uppers, we're doing a bit of core. It's it's uh, it's what we call micro dosing. So we lift every day. Sometimes, you know, sometimes people will lift twice a day, but we do small increments. We might do, you know, three exercises in one kind of group and maybe two in the other and that's it. Whereas a normal lift would be, you know, four ex- four sets of three exercises. Um, so yeah, we, we, we really just try and, um, hit small increments all the time because we play so much and so frequently, you just can't do big taxing lifts anyway. So I'll do that. And then I'll kind of sit around, I'll jump in the hot tub about, uh, 60 minutes out from the game, sitting there for 20 minutes, have a shower, put my stuff on. Then we have meeting and we're on the court with, you know, 25 minutes to go. So yeah, I fit a lot in in four hours. Fuck. You'd be almost yawning. Although the atmosphere is unbelievable. That's where you kind of. How good's the stadium? Oh, mate, it's great. It's one of the best. It's one of the best fan, fan bases in the NBA by fucking country mile. And this, like, like this city is so clean. Like, I loved it. I was literally just there to watch a couple of games and watch you play and then get out. Yeah. I was like, I'm coming back here. Yeah, and because the, awesome. the weather's obviously always nice being yeah. in the desert. But yeah, mate, you've done well. And thanks for sharing that because even I was amazed. I couldn't believe the, like, it's a cardinal sin to do legways before a game, you know, in, in where I've come from. Like you, you're yeah. trying to keep the pins as fresh as possible. Yeah. Obviously a little bit different. But different for us. When you're playing center as well, I, I'd, I'd be trying to keep as fresh as possible, but you're doing this micro dosing yeah, exactly. and all that. Exactly. It's a lot. Um, a question here from, this might lead into the Rick's one actually, because I've told I told you about, we've changed it. Rick's on tour. So mate, and I can't thank you enough. You've been rocking the Rixies um, on the flights. I love seeing you boys dress up yeah you've you've you're loving the um i think we got the champagne torts you've been yep. rocking them the tribecker yep. so i got you the same style i got you the tribecker but gloss black sunrise so same style because i know you like them um and thanks mate. i love seeing you dress up for a, a, an away game whack them on tell me from on behalf of ricks what's the best road trip when you're uh playing in the nba and if you had a bye week who you uh you know, who are you going on tour with to enjoy yourself for a couple of nights? Um, best road trip is the New York one. The New York or Miami one's by far the best. Uh, New York's my favorite city in the world. It's just there's so much going on. I love the the, the food, the nightlife, the shopping. Uh, it's just the, it's just the best. It's just the absolute best. So uh, New York's one of the best. And then who who would I go with on a road trip? Team, let's go teammates. Two blokes. You just, you know, the Dale said, go with two lads. You got three days. Um, yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, I'd probably go. Can I go with Mikhail and Cam, who obviously aren't teammates anymore? Yep. Yeah, no, sorry. Anyone that you've played with, yep. Yep. So from the Suns, I'd, I'd definitely go with Mikhail and Cam. Mikhail, Mikhail and I love just a little bit of a gamble every now and again. No, so it would be it would be a good, good little thing to kind of hit some casinos on the way down and then I love playing golf with Cam Johnson. So, um, yeah, probably those two boys. That, that'd be a good group, and they're also like best mates as well. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, it would be. We'd we'd all we'd all have a bit of fun. And what do you have a pun on? Together. What's your favorite? We would play blackjack a lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So we, we had um, we had one of the uh, we had one of the um, like I say, you no, know, like twenty minutes from the house, and we would we would go and play blackjack there. That's so again. good. Yeah, it's good. Do you just go right? Mate, the first time we walked in there, we we got up on a, I think it was fifty to one odds on a, you know, you can bet against the dealer busting. Dealer busted on like an eight card draw, and so it was 50, 50 to one odds on like a fifty dollar or twenty five dollar bet. So we ended up walking out like straight away five grand up or something That's like that. Great. It was unreal. So, 
um, yeah, Mikhail took took care of me early on, and we went out and we gambled. And yeah, he sounds a like fun. a ripper. Like everyone loves him. He's a great loves player. him he's and a great golf player. as well. So you can swing the clubs. I'd imagine you can hit a long ball off the tee. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, it's. If you, if you live in Phoenix, you better play golf because there are some of the best golf courses in the world around there. And I've been lucky enough to have some teammates that have gotten us onto some pretty exclusive joints and had some cool experiences there. So, um, yeah, the fellas, a lot of the boys on the team get around it. I want to make sure that I'm coming for your off day for play golf because exactly that's, right. uh, that, that, exactly that's exactly right. why we go there. Mate, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone that's um to ask questions. There's a few more here, but um we've asked the big fella enough. It's now time to talk about the boomers. Mm-hmm. Can we go all the way? Yeah, not absolutely. only in the Olympics, but in in the FIBA World Cup. Like you guys think you can take the chocolates? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, I think the the World Cup pre- presents a really good chance to do it. Um, obviously, uh, Wembenyama just pulled out of the French team, so uh, they they were they were looking scary, but that's a bit of a blow to them, I'd say. Um, so it'll be handy to go up against them and get a get a big win. Um, I think. Hachimura just pulled out of playing for Japan, who is in our in our um, in our group, and they've they're bloody good when he plays. Like he's he's unreal. So we've had some big names drop out in the in the kind of in the uh, in the race that would definitely come up against. Um, America's put together a squad, but I I like our chances. I definitely like our chances. So. Mate, I don't see, like, even if these teams are putting together their best squads, which we will be, like, we'll be rolling out our best team. Um, it's just, I always will take us against the world. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be bloody good. We've got some young bucks. We've got some young bucks coming through that are scary good. So, it's going to be Any insight be to the people that might not, you know, who's the young bucks that you're excited Dyson to? Dyson Daniels is going to be fantastic. Um, he's a really, really quality basketball player and I got the opportunity to see him play when he was 17 with Melbourne United. Um, he's going to be awesome. Obviously, Josh Green is someone who didn't play much at the Olympics and he is a phenomenal player who will get some good burn this time. Got his jersey, actually. Love bought one there of them in Dallas. Watched him. He's, a, he's, exo- he's explosive. Yeah, mate. He's great. Great defender. Tough. Um, plays the right way. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a big piece of the puzzle. Obviously, Giddy just speaks for himself, so there's no need to gas him up any more than he than he than he already <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> Got to keep him there. Yeah, they've had enough of the time in the sun, haven't they? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be mate. It's shit, it's It'd be, be hard good. for a spot, won't it? Like I was looking at, I actually the guards scre- will be really really hard. I screenshot the um the list before we come on, and um now when this squad, when you guys go into training camp, did you say it's four to five weeks of a gr- like you guys are all together? Uh, four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Is it full on? Like you guys are competing for spots. Uh, so no, nah, so the first week, the first week's selection camp. So we have nine days up in Cairns. I'd say four of those days will be used as a selection camp. And then the, the, the remaining five will be the actual squad putting together, you know, the X's and O's and figuring each other out. And then we have three days break, come down to Melbourne and we'll play some tune up games against some of these other teams. So, um, it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's three to four weeks of like preparation before the, before the world cup, but. Um, two of those weeks are used against to play against other teams. There'll be some practice dribbled in there as well, but for the most part, it's just go. Yeah, that's mm. awesome. And then when you think about the Olympics, like I know how proud you are to be an Aussie, like we all are. But the bronze that sits in the, you know, in your bio on Insta, it's, 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 you know, it's something that no one really can. You know, not many people fucking go to the Olympics, no. but then to win a medal is off its head, and, and especially in the basketball category. Now, 
France, Paris, 2024. Like, it, 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 right place, right time, a little bit as well. With this squad, like, fuck, it's so exciting for That's Australia. Great. And you, got, you guys must be just humming, like, talking about all yeah. these things coming up. Obviously, the Suns as well. Like, NBA is yeah. exciting. But basketball in general right now, it couldn't be hotter. Yeah, it's good. It's There's, there's a lot going on. Um you know, we just had another Aussie win a championship with Jack White. Like, it's just in terms of a country and basketball and where we stand, like, it's going to be an exciting next two years. So, um, and I'm pumped. I'm bloody pumped to see where things go. And, and I really can't speak more about, you know, how exciting the World Cup opportunity is and the Olympics opportunity is. And, um, you know, it feels like the next time that this will be as big as, you know, Brisbane 32 Olympics. So, um yeah, there's 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 a lot of time between now and then, but but this isn't a, a hell of an opportunity with the team we've got. Um, you know, Patty and Joe getting a little older now, but I still think they're like well and truly in their prime. You know, this is this is this is the next two years we can really get some get some mm. uh, get some jobs done. So, well, mate, I'm looking at this list, and uh, yeah, every one of them's you know I obviously love me NBA, but every one of them's played in the big stage and. And and it's a it's a, like it's a said it's a good list for the next five oh, to mate, ten great. years, isn't it? That's great. It's like, yeah, you're it's right. Really, said, you're really right good. in this. You'll be the you'll be the big enforcer there. Just <laughs> <laughs> just fucking orders, exactly. I reckon, big fella. Um, ah, it's awesome, mate. And and um, it's great to see as Aussies. We've we've got this. I know a lot of people talk about, but is NBL the second best league in the world? You've played around the world, obviously, oh, mate. It's so it's it's so hard. Europe is bloody good at the top level. Um. It's just such different styles. It's like comparing the eras of LeBron and, and okay. Michael Jordan. The style in Europe is so different to the style. What's in, Europe like compared to NBL? It's slow. It's you know, you, like I put it like this: when the, the NBA and the NBL, you're just playing basketball. You, you're playing freely. You're moving the ball around. It's fast. It's up and down. In Europe, it feels like you're solving a mathematical equation, and it's so hard to dissect that defensive schemes and and you know score the ball at a high clip it's just bloody hard so it's it's impossible to compare the two that's all i can like, yeah. i really can't speak so it's actually good to i mean you've done it it's good to get a taste of yeah. both just and, to add it and to you know that of- i can play at a high clip in all of them um i think is is kind of a is a notch in the belt for me so yeah um yeah in terms of the style of of basketball that the nba plays nbl second to that from an overall perspective around the world, I don't know if you can really compare them. It's just so different. Like some players in the Euro League would struggle to play in the NBL, but some players in the NBL would struggle to play in Euro League. So it's just like you can't really compare the two. Yeah. No, it's well said. I've never really broken that down. Mm. Mate, this is where, you know, you're a humble man, but this is where our friends at Milwaukee, they provide us with some tools and you've got, and I must say, I've, I've stitched you up here. Like, <laughs> how do I get a jacket that fits the big fella? You're six eleven. I've got you the large. They're out of uh, even. I reckon if we had four XL, what what size are you with the hoodie? Uh, I'd be I'd be double X, double X, triple X. Okay, well, I'll speak to Jimmy from uh, Milwaukee. But um, mate, you don't come on the empty handed, as you know. You, 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 our friends here from Milwaukee, they provide the best. But this one's a heated jacket. It's obviously freezing down here. Not in the oh. not in the roller media van. It's actually quite warm. That's why you've <laughs> taken all your kit off. But Mate, this is yours, and if it doesn't fit you, we can uh, give them a call and sort it out. I'm sure you've got some tradie mates I that do. love the I tools. Do. Doug Bond from uh, from Bond Construction. 
I reckon I'll give this to him. The little fella can probably squeeze into a large. So, oh, he'll, he'll, Vondi will love that. Yeah. Um, so what, let's get let's talk about his company. What's it called again? Uh, it's Bond Bond Construction, I think. Um, Where's he based? He's based just down in Geelong. Beautiful. Yeah, so they do a bunch of houses down in Geelong, Torquay area. Um, couldn't speak higher. They do a great job. Um, he has done stuff up in Queensland as well, just because someone sought him out and wanted him to do. So he moves around a little bit, but. Um, yeah, those boys over there do a great job and, and I'm sure he'll enjoy his new heated – he'll probably actually he, – he won't be a fan too, too much of a fan of this because we'll all give him a hard time about it being heated, you know, <laughs> yeah, going a bit yeah. soft. So Well, they can always take the heated yeah. stuff and the battery doesn't need to be on. Um, and as you just said, it's the tough shell heated jacket. It's the go-to for prote- protection um, from the elements on the job site and enjoying the outdoors. And I'll tell you what, in Melbourne, it is freezing. So whack that on. It's uh, it, it prevents you from the cold immediately and it's also got the – red lithium iron starter kit there with the batteries now mate this segment milwaukee tools handiest moments i like to say to boys when it's their time to shine here it is the moment that stands out on the court your handiest moment brado over here can marry it up with some footage what has been (laughs) your handiest moments on the court in your Mm. career thus far in my whole career yeah pick a couple if you want we don't mind I'd say the semi-final game against Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, um, game three, is probably one of the best games of my career. We 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 started out. I think we were down twenty to, in the first quarter, like it was looking bleak. We were about to lose lose out on the on the finals, and you know I'd been talking a big game all season long, and um, you know end of first quarter we're down twenty twenty five or something like that, and it was really looking scary. Um, and then I just had some success going forward. I think I missed one shot the entire game and ended with 27 points. Um, so that's got to be single-handedly the, the, one of the best games of my career. So game, game three, uh, against the, against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in the NBL semifinals. Um, this year, I think it was a third or fourth game against the Warriors had 17 points in like 19 minutes. Uh, and nine rebounds. That was definitely a handy one. That's very handy. That was a really good game. Um, and that was kind of my my welcome, you know, my open opening night to the NBA almost. Like that's when I really started to, you know, build a little bit of a reputation. And then I broke a record at the Spurs and I had like 30 points against the Indiana Pacers um, one of the most efficient clips ever for San Antonio, but I just like I didn't didn't really feel good about it just with how the year was going yeah, in San yeah, Antonio. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really like gas that one up. That's so still a big day. There's a few the there. There's a few there. What about the one moment where you've done something? So in footy, we'd always talk about a goal, a mark, yeah, a, a moment. Yeah. But in basketball, NBA, especially, what's that one moment that you remember that you go, "Fuck, that was handy." Um. I dunked on three blokes again or two blokes against New Orleans Pelicans last year for for when I was with um when I was with San Antonio um in New Orleans 
And I was, I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I just did that. So that was definitely probably, oh, I've, awesome. I've got the highlight on the phone. Oh, we'll get it. So, we'll get yeah, it. That's yeah. awesome. What goes through your head there? Like, does it instant kick in no, then you I go? I don't even, I don't even like think. register. I'm just like, I yell like an idiot and then I run down the court like, holy crap, I've got to play defense now. <laughs> yeah. So no, I don't even have a chance. It's like, next really, moment, isn't it? You can't really carry on. You've got to get back on D. Yeah, 100%. Oh, mate, that's brilliant. Now, I can't, ex- there's obviously something sneaky over there that you gave me at the start. Yeah, and I've brought a pen because- when I went to Phoenix, thank you so much, mate. Nice I appreciate choice. this. So, and number eleven, I used to wear eleven as well. Did so you? yeah, eleven there at, at both clubs, um, mate. I can't thank you enough for for getting this. They weren't on the shelves. I don't think no. I, I've got some feedback to the Suns. I reckon they got. The, <laughs> I reckon they got the best kit, like best jerseys, everything. But the team store, it's too small. They need more range. They need to put you all over the joint. I couldn't find one. Um, so, mate, thank you so much because I'm going to hang this up when we get the studio soon, and this will be there. So I've brought the the pen for you to sign off here, mate. Or actually, you can do it now. But thank do you, want, you so do you want much. On the front or the back? Oh, what do you reckon? I reckon. I typically hang. Up, I, most people hang up the back with the name. Yeah. Okay. Go the back then. Yeah. Go the back. Keep the front clean. Actually, yeah, that's that's obviously obvious, isn't it? Um. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. That's uh. Pull the that Suns have got me. the Suns have got real cool kit, don't they? Yeah, they do. They have great kit. The black ones probably. Do you love wearing the black? You don't mind? Like it's. Oh, I love the black. Yeah. Yeah. The black's black's great for sure. Appreciate it, mate. And thank you so much for coming on. No it's, stress. it's great to get um, you know, Aussie ballers on here and just Aussies in general. But thanks so much for yeah, jumping on. I uh, wish you all the best. All the boys at the boomers. Gonna the be kit and all the all the good stuff, mate. Oh, uh, easy, mate. Yeah, 250 buck voucher from uh, sports where I am and and the Rixies, uh, mate, you you just keep rocking them and you'll keep scoring. We're going well. But th- yeah, well, I can't thank you enough for rocking them. It's um it's all as I said, I love when you boys dress up and walk on the plane. <laughs> Do you guys know that's coming? Like yeah. are you yeah, we so know it's all- coming, but I, I mean, I don't really like dress up as such. I just like throw on some kit and, yeah. and I know a lot of the other boys obviously dress up. Is there a day where you're like, ah, man, turn the camera off. I can't be fucked today. Nah, like, mate, oh, I've got no qualms with just walking in and like trackies and slides yeah. and like who cares, you know. Who's the one guy that's, because they all got their own stylist, don't they? Like not all of them, of them, but them, some yeah. of them. So they're yeah. wearing outrageous kit every night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them uh, constantly. We're out wearing outrageous I've shit. always thought this is before I wrap up, but when you're wearing kit, like I think of a suit, for example, right? And it's just such an effort to put a suit on. And then I'd imagine you walk in, you take it straight off and you put your kit on. And sure. then and then when you finish the game, you've got to put that thing back on and then for do sure. a press conference. For sure. That must be so annoying. Yeah, it's taxing. That's why I just make it as easy as possible <laughs> yeah. and get the fuck out of there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, thanks so much. Appreciate your no time. Stress, and um, yeah, all the best. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tommy Talks, where you literally can't thank you enough for all your support. Speaking of support, Milwaukee's MX Fuel Equipment System revolutionizes the light equipment market by delivering the performance and durability demanded by the trades. From the MX Fuel Cutoff Saw to the MX Fuel Tower Light, MX Fuel has you covered without the hazards associated with emissions, noise, vibrations, and the frustrations of petrol maintenance. MX Fuel Equipment System. Equipment redefined. Attention sports fans. Planning an overseas trip to catch your favourite games? Look no further than sports where I am. They've got it all. League schedules, trustworthy tickets, and over 200 cities to choose from, all conveniently on one website. Plus, as an Australian company, they know the importance of great customer service for those long-haul journeys. So visit sportswhereiam.com and start planning your dream sports trip today. Sports where I am. Your ticket to an unforgettable sports travel experience. Righto, we'll see you on the next podcast.